Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Callahan, creator of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. And this is Peter Atencia, the director of Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is... Who are you pointing to? I'm pointing to you. I'm like this. Oh, Brad. And... <laughs> Zach. <laughs> and every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we were debating if we should see two movies, but I only saw one because... And I'll explain why when we get to it. So this week's movie is I, Tanya. Um, so stay tuned to the end of the show where we'll review I, Tanya. I'll uh, tell you if you should see it or not, and um, yeah, then spoil the movie. Uh, can you spoil someone's life? No. <laughs> no? Yeah. Spoiler alert. The, the yeah. book's on the shelf at Walmart. <laughs> this, uh, this event is like, what, 20 years old? More than that. I think it's 24, 25. Yeah. Roughly around there, yeah. <laughs> and you could not escape it then. No. So You certainly Our, won't now. You know, it's one of those things you always remember the Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Why? <laughs> I guess just... Always remember that. Uh, I feel like we're we're mocking her <laughs> in a weird way. Well, come on. We'll 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 talk about it later in the review. Yeah. Um, we also talk about Blu-rays that are coming out, movie news, uh, stuff we've watched. That's what we do. We're a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll try to be okay. I'm like still sick and like I can't. Oh, that's why you sound a little different. On yeah, headphones. probably. Like I can't. Like I, my focus is always in the clouds because it's a head cold and I've had it for like a week and a half. So the bacteria is eating at your brain basically. Pretty much. If I started a zombie plague though, that'd be cool. Yeah. You, do you favor subsidies to the brain slug planet? <laughs> so if I go lay on your bed right there, Zach, and I put a sheet over my head and it slowly comes down, just know <laughs> that that was stolen from <laughs> when, when Dawn the, of the Dead. When the CDC <laughs> declares a state of emergency, they're going to call it uh, people have gotten the frost. Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be patient zero. That's right. That is so cool. But then they're gonna like cut you up to find a cure. That's so. all right. <laughs> you'll 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 never have have a grave. But when they an unmarked grave, I guess we get. Then they'll be like, we put that frost on ice. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright on this process. Its effect, <laughs> its effect on the mortality rate was chilling. 
Hey, this is our first show of the new year. It yep. is. How would you guys celebrate uh, 2018? <laughs> we'll talk about it and what we've been watching. Um, but after that, yeah, just chilled out with the family and then went to bed early. We didn't even stay up for midnight. I, I had to work. I picked up my boy from uh, his grandparents. I went home, watched like three episodes of Veep and went to bed. <laughs> I was working on the computer and then I went south Thor Ragnarok. So. There you go. <laughs> that's not a bad that's not a bad gig. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have a fun day at work, buddy. <laughs> it's, oh, so you uh, sent him it, to the labor is, camps already. <laughs> is, is it bad that he dreams of being a garbage man or <laughs> I was watching a report on CNN, the garbage man in New York make like a hundred grand a year. Because they have to work so much overtime and nobody wants to do the job. Mm-hmm. And it's not like as easy as oh, no, like I, going down some back alley. Like They put all this trash in the main sidewalk where everyone walks. Oh, so. yeah. No, it, that's a hard job. It's also yeah. like uh, being a delivery person. You know, if you deliver to Target, King Supers, that that's a hard job. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. A lot of people like who break like have a lot of different work injuries as a result of working that profession in general. So Yeah, it's... Um, it's exhausting. Good for them. Brad, is there anything happening around town? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. I would sing, but I can't hit the high notes with my cold. <laughs> sing like a low, like Tom Waits style song. <laughs> That was porn. <laughs> no, no, no. I was trying to do like his different variation of instruments. Nope. Nope. Hanging a bone <laughs> on a pot. Whatever. Forget, forget it. <laughs> no, no. Tom Waits is like, the movies and going to town. But there's a man in a street going off and he has his rich slit because Ray's parents were nobody's. <laughs> I like the idea of Tom Waits discussing Last Jedi. <laughs> Why'd they have to kill Stoke? <laughs> Kylo Ren is just an angry brat. <laughs> and, and Luke brushed off his attack like it was nothing. He, he pretended to be there, but he wasn't. <laughs> is it as good as Dr. Parnassus, which is what I was in? <laughs> anyway. All right, what's going on around town? Um, the 20th anniversary of the Big Lebowski is the midnight. Hey, man. You, at the Esquire this week? Mr. Lebowski, dude, or El Duderino, if you are not into the whole brevity thing. I'm not. I like that movie. It's not, it's the, one of those it's movies. not the best Coen Brothers It's movie. one of those movies that's super overrated, and it's really popular, and I have no idea why. Uh, <laughs> it's a long discussion. Yeah. I, I, I still I don't know why. It's not the best. Coen Brothers film though like I say like it's it's a fun one I think Lady Killers is better I actually agree um and then <laughs> you brought your bitch to the Waffle Hut <laughs> and then uh as we mentioned last week or the week before um open screen night is January 30th mm-hmm. and Riddler's podcast is sponsoring a extra prize for that show um so if you can make a, sh- a two to ten minute Short, based on the uh, 16-bit challenge theme of the month, and include the phrase, all your base are belong to us in your film, then you have a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card. All right. I'm going to submit an iPhone video, and it's just that. Great. Um, If no (laughs) one else challenges you, you will probably win. 
and then we will get to keep that money. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, I'll do the art house version of it in black and white and French. <laughs> you just ask him to send him your video, and then you just put the Instagram moon filter on it and then <laughs> turn it in. Le base belong at us. <laughs> I don't know French. I'm so amazed that you do and you just hate French cinema at the same time. Like, it. <laughs> uh, Well, I think French well, cinema is pretentious. He did go to a, a French monument and sit in a coffin. So uh, that's how much whoa, he loves. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it was a 500-year-old church, and I went into a pope's car- sarcophagus. Let's get the story right. There is... Photographic evidence of this on my Facebook page. I I, I don't want to see the photo. I just want to I just want to imagine it as a cartoon version of you. <laughs> well, and technically, um, the photo is just me like standing. I guess I'm still in it, but like you never see me actually get in it. So, yeah, like the photo shows you not in it, but yeah. you know what you were doing. <laughs> well, to be fair, everything I just said is true. <laughs> yes, I yes I desecrated a pope. <laughs> burial in underneath a church nah, who cares <laughs> there's a bunch of other people in there too it's not like his body was actually in there <laughs> i know this because the coffin was empty i i know it was empty because i threw the body out <laughs> i'm just imagining like a tintin style comic but it's like shittier and with ryan in it <laughs> <laughs> i'm the i'm the bad guy in the new tintin <laughs> It's to stop some American and, and, from desecrating <laughs> sarcophaguses. But no, it would be better if I'm American who does a fake, a fake French accent. <laughs> I will step inside this coffin and I will sleep here all night long. Snowy, I don't think he knows what French sounds like. Succulibly. <laughs> Snowy, someone took a shit in the sarcophagus. <laughs> he's, ah, I strike again. <laughs> he's not even smoking. He's just miming cigarette smoking. <laughs> That's what French people do. <laughs> and smoking gives you cancer. <laughs> Do not challenge me because I will give up very fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just looked at the Alamo schedule they sent us and they don't have anything for next week besides movies that are in wide release. So log on to Alamo.com forward slash Denver to check out what's playing at Littleton and Sloan's Lake. Actually, Uh, drafthouse.com slash Denver. That's what I said. You said (laughs) Alamo.com. That's what I said. You'll probably take take you to a rental car rental site. (laughs) Well, if you, make sure you go to the basement of the Alamo and um, yep, always right. visit the basement of the Alamo. Yes, when you're in town. Uh, but I know they have. I think they have. Uh, I know they have a movie party coming up. Sorry, I don't know it off the top of my head. Um, I mean, there's cool stuff or coming up. Like there's a Predator party coming up or something. Yeah, but they didn't um, send the press release. They sent me didn't have any of the new stuff on it. Yeah, they're gonna show Disco Godfather and Coffee. Um, Disco Godfather at Littleton, but Coffee at Sloan's Lake. So. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. I did see the thing for coffee. Yeah. So make sure you just log on there. You can uh, see Showtimes. Also sign up for a Victory account. They give you a bunch of free stuff. I have like a free wrap, free popcorn, free soda, and like a free shake that are just sitting there. Wow. I haven't gotten anything in like a year. That's, really? That's, yeah. That's, Maybe make sure you ask them. Like I get the Victory screening invites, but as far as like extra, like $5 for Burton, like I haven't gotten like a really? little coupon Really? I think I get it every time. time I go. Make sure you ask them. Sometimes they just never say anything to you. Well, I check my account a lot, and there's just nothing in there. Oh, I never check my account, and they just give it to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just like me better. Yeah, I mean, definitely, that's that's what it is. Blame <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, what's happening in the world of movies in a segment we call Real News? It's Real News! Um, well, guys, they're tiny, or, or no, they're not tiny and toony, they're Animaniacs, and they're coming back to Hulu uh, for a two-season pickup. 
Yeah. So um, that'd be fun. I thought it was for Netflix at first, though, but I guess that didn't. Maybe happen. Spielberg's like fuck Netflix. Mm-hmm. Does Spielberg have any movies on Netflix? Yeah, I don't think he's, he's had, had a cut. The BFG's on there. Yeah, oh, and but E.T. That's Disney though. And E.T. But um, but I mean they fluctuate. I think Jaws is also on there right now too. So yeah. Um, I'd like I'd like some more obscure stuff like Warhorse to come to that. I uh, think Jurassic Park movies are so. on there right now too. Mm. Um, so I'm a liar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> um, there's not much else really, other than um, we got a couple of new trailers. One of them is uh, John Claude Van Damme in uh, Kickboxer um, Retaliation. Retaliation, and he smokes a pipe in it. Following Vengeance. Which yes. was one of the worst movies of 2016. I'm not sure what they're retaliating against because they killed everybody that they. Well, did you watch the trailer? Them? No, I it's didn't. like it's like an MMA fighting one. It's not even really kickboxing. So like the last one. Yeah. <laughs> but then, he, like, and Van Dam only shows up at the end, so I think it's a lot like the last one. Maybe even less Van Dam though. Probably. <laughs> um, and then, like, the last thing which I thought was cool is uh, superhero movies uh, have been landing some more nominations in the award circuit, guys. Uh, WGA nominated Logan, and uh, the PGA nominated Wonder Woman. So they're breaking through the mold. We're 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 on our way to Avengers: Affinity War winning Best Picture next year. <laughs> this year? No, because well, it, it would run through this year, and then next year it would get mm. the award physically. You know, to pull off those movies, it was pretty impressive. So mm. yeah, and I'm maybe gl- they should deserve more credit than they get. Yeah. I, I I'm glad the guilds at least recognize them because it seems like the the ones that are televised don't seem to give a shit. So well, until snooty people like Henry and Art House asshole this week changes their tune, <laughs> then um we'll get it. But here's Henry with Art House asshole. Uh, what's up, nerds? Henry giving you an update on Art House asshole. Uh, this week we watched a film called Faces Places. Uh, it is directed by J R. That's his full name. And Agnes Varda, uh, both of them are pretty big in the art world, and this film was funded by MoMA. So uh, if that tells you everything you need to know, then uh, yeah. Uh, It's basically about the two of them going around Europe and making art. Uh, Personally, not my cup of tea. Uh, I thought it was a little too we're so great, kind of in a way, and a little too, like, oh, we're not going to show you my... Anyway, it's it's hard to explain, but you can read my full thoughts on... uh, realnerdspodcast.com but in general uh, I was not a fan of it which is surprising considering it's one of the frontrunners to win best documentary and everyone seems to love it calling it one of the best films of the year but you know me I don't like things that people like but anyway that's uh this that is this week's episode and uh yeah I don't really have much more else to say about it but uh yeah uh you can check out that review on com. I don't have a website on realnerdspodcast.com and other than that, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Henry, even he doesn't get that last one. It's faces Places? It's uh, it's a French film, so automatically it's out for Ryan. But it's uh, a, a filmmaker and a famous photographer uh, go through parts of France that are little known and like do like segments on that each particular town. That sounds yeah. like the most god-awful movie I've ever heard of. We know Henry just said it. <laughs> so. Thanks though. Thanks yeah, I'm glad. Job. I'm always I, the one thing I do love that um, Henry is doing this is it saves me from having to see him. Not that I ever would, but if like one time there's like, oh, we have nothing to see this week. Let's see this French film about a guy who talks to other fucking French froggies and 
like we're, we're at Denver Comic Con, we're doing a panel, and then some asshole in the crowd stands up. He's like, your podcast isn't legitimate because you only <laughs> you only go see mainstream shit. And then we're like, no, we've got Henry. Yes. <laughs> and he's seen every art house movie ever made. Uh, yeah. our, our correspondent that goes off the path. <laughs> you know, I was thinking for Comic Con, too, uh, we should sign up for another panel, but we should do it different this year. Think of like a fun panel. I don't know. Was last year's not fun? No, it was. I'm just saying, like, change the format. Yeah. Well, we got invited to that. But if you want to go on the website and submit, like, an idea. I know. I have to think of an idea first. That's the problem. Um, I was going to say. Dress rehearsal. That sounds like a fun do idea. We, do we also sign up for media passes, even though we have a experience? Uh, we will, now? yeah. Okay. I was going to. I will talk about it later. I need to know those dates. But anyway. 15th through the 17th of June. Okay, cool then. I'm booking them. I think it's Father's Day weekend again. Yeah. Cool. I know this because next week, the next week, James gets married. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to be on our own planning that uh, convention. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. He's going to be a little busy. It's all right. You should just be a this is your life for James. <laughs> we should do at the panel. We should do an in memoriam for James. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We got a, one of our longtime podcasters is leaving us. Like, no, I'm just getting married. He will be missed. <laughs> Yeah. And then make sure we get like a that take a picture of him on Facebook, like a good one, and change it to black and white. <laughs> uh, that'd awesome. The, that'd be the perfect time to do that trailer project that I've been writing where it's the ultimate James Hart movie. Where it's basically he's it's Matthew McConaughey plays a banjo playing astronaut who has to go to the moon to save the dragons. Like and they have to drink Mountain Dew at the, at the same time. Like it's basically everything he wants in a movie. All right, all right, all right. And I I just realized a new portion of it's going to be like from director Denny Vit Denny v, Dennis Vanilla Ice. <laughs> I need to I need to go to the moon and and play this banjo <laughs> so all those dragons can wake up and fight the robots with me down on Earth. I I also realized he needs to have an obstacle in his way. So I was like, what if he was he grew up fat as a kid and then like suddenly like blossomed into Matthew McConaughey and they're just like, one thing I learned being fat, you have to have a big heart, even though you got a big ass. <laughs> something what? like that. Like something inspirational has to be placed in there. Like What does Matthew McConaughey living on the moon say when uh the sun rises? <laughs> I don't know. All light, all light, all light. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wah, wah, wah. Uh, but anyway cool we also purchase movies in a segment we call what to fucking buy this week only dvd releases and blu-rays oh, it's like not even releases it's what we're buying <laughs> so that's uh, zero for me well um we can all float down in the sewers with it on 4k and blu-ray um there's a couple different versions actually like it, it seems like Walmart's getting a, a different cover than other people are. And then... Yeah, Best Buy's got a steelbook. Yeah, yeah. steelbook is... Yeah. Um, and then Criterion's putting out Young Mr. Lincoln, a John Ford film. Yeah, no, that, looks good. Uh, is, it's good. Never seen it, but you'll, interesting. You'll like it. It's... it's 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 Well, when Barnes & Noble has their, their half-off <laughs> Criterion's, <laughs> I'll be there. There you'll be. Uh, Jackie Chan and... Uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan in The Foreigner. You can check that out on I do want to see that. I heard it's better than people give it credit for. Yeah. Or Jackie people Chan's did give it credit, but no one saw it. Jackie Chan's really good in it. Um, but uh, the story is just not that compelling to me. For sure. Um, if you dump it at the trash place? Um, if you guys liked uh, The Beatles and Jim Sturgis um, uh, uh, almost 10 years ago, then you can see Across the Universe in 4K. 
um, which I guess makes sense because it's weirdest movies in 4K. I was looking at the 4K display, and it's like Sicario, get it, you know, and then Wild. Wild could make sense because it is very like it takes place outside. There's room for color potential. I know, but to me, it seems the universe is visually like impressive. Yeah, Yeah, but it's just a weird. I don't know. They pick weird movies. Yeah, the the selection process has always been strange. To, to me, it seems like they're picking movies that uh, they believe females like, so females will adapt the technology as well. <laughs> All those females holding out on 4K. Yeah, uh, what you saying? They don't. Well, whoa, whoa, you sexist asshole. <laughs> um, and but you just said <laughs> no. I said that. I said those guys. That's like a marketing thing. They think. I don't think that, except when I see attributed those two movies to all women. Like, maybe there's some men that like Across the Universe. (laughs) Maybe they do. And Wild. I'm one of them. I don't hate the movie. Um, (laughs) uh, Kino Lobor's putting out some pretty cool titles. Uh, The Wild Heart, Inherit the Wind, and uh, one of my favorite films of all time, Judgment at Nuremberg. Um, So you can check those out. Inherit the Wind's actually really good, too. (laughs) Nine. (laughs) Um, And Oh, also, they're putting out the uh, The Young and Heart. Um, and, um, Shout Factory's putting out 68 Kill, which I guess is one of their, uh, yeah, their I, own I wa- releases. I watched a trailer for it. It's like, uh, it's more like a crime thriller. That's on the Scream Factory label, but it's, um, I know this lady wants her boyfriend to kill this client of hers who has $68,000. Mm. Okay. It and got, uh, it got a audience award at SXSW. Oh, South by Southwest? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the last two titles, uh, Intermezzo, A Love Story, which is a movie with Leslie Howard, uh, which is actually really good. Um, it's from the 40s. You can check it out. It's out on Kino Lobor. And then also, last but not least, if you want to see Liam Neeson bring down Nixon, you can do it with Mark Felt, the man who brought down the White House, um, which came and went really quickly. <laughs> so, um, it's too bad that didn't come out at the same time as The Last Jedi, because then the marquee would say Mark Felt, The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it'd be smart about the Star Wars Last Jedi. Never mind. So, anyway. That, no, it's better your way. Yeah. <laughs> that is Blu-rays. I was going to assume that theater ran out of STR, AR. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. ARS letters. One more. If you wanted a double feature Blu-ray of Fifty Shades Grey and Fifty Shades Darker, then your time has come. Oh, yeah. It'll get you ready for Fifty Shades Freed, which I realized I'm going to go with you, as long as I go with you guys. What week is that? I don't remember. It's February or something. It's uh, it's Valentine's Day. Miss Gray will see you now. <laughs> I don't want to see her. <laughs> That's the tr- tagline on the poster. Mrs. Gray. Mrs. Gray will see you now. Yeah. Miss Gray, Miss Gray. I don't fucking know. Some dumb twat will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she is oh, probably the, the female most audience. poorly written character ever I've seen on screen. Yep. But. Anyway, that's worse than a Rob Zombie female character, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> Rob Zombie's listening to this going like, finally! <laughs> no, Rob Zombie's like, I'm not going to give anybody distinctive voices. I'm just going to have them all cuss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway. So is that it? Yep, that's Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah, just flying through this podcast today. Yeah. We watch movies throughout the week, and there's a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Zach, what'd you watch this week? What documentary? <laughs> um, actually, only one documentary <laughs> this week. Um, I 
I mentioned it briefly in Film Explosion, but I watched uh, American the American Masters episode on Bob Hope. Yeah. Um, which, and uh, it's it's interesting because like I'm so attached to that particular subject matter to watch it is like I I I'm extremely critical of it. Like the documentary is not bad if you don't know anything about Bob Hope, but if you know about him, the fact that they gloss over a lot of the things he did do wrong in life kind of stinks because he was not a perfect man. Like no one is, but um, we excuse me, I am <laughs> Ryan uh, is even more perfect than I am. So we're like 120 percent perfect. Sorry. <laughs> So there you go. You can just go spit on Bob Hope's grave too. But they'll do my documentary like he lived, and that's all they're gonna have because <laughs> he never died. <laughs> I'm gonna piss my excellence all over his grave. <laughs> yeah, take it, take it. Yeah, um, no hope for you. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. Um, oddly enough, if if the author of uh, uh that was interviewed in that movie would listen to this, he'd think it's funnier than any of Hope's material because. Apparently, Bob Hope wasn't funny by the end of his life, uh, according to anybody. Yeah, he was senile and old. He no, died no, when he was like, like 101. No, people like Christopher Hitchens were evaluating his entire career at the time of his death, saying he was never funny, which is not really true at all. <laughs> okay, say something funny Bob Hope did. I, 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 there's well, a, then, a they just proved their point. <laughs> I mean, play a clip, kidding. Brad, something. <laughs> What's a classic set for Bob Hope? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any of the road films? <laughs> road to Morocco? Road to Singapore? Um, Did he write those movies? No, <laughs> you can't um, find those anywhere. And I, really? They're on, no, they're on DVD, oh. so you don't have to put the clip in. <laughs> they're not on Blu-ray, which actually surprises me because I thought they released those on. No, Kino Lobor put out the the latter three ones. Universal still owns four of them, mm. and they won't let them go. But anyway, the documentary, like I felt like it glossed over like the fact that he was a constant philanderizer. Like he was like he was fucking anything left and right. So throughout his entire life, that's well, just like <laughs> when you build up the image of his 69 year marriage to his wife and like to have it all kind of like unload in one setting of like, oh, yeah, he fucked around all over the place and wasn't there for his kids. It's like, OK, why was he our like stand up? So is it true or is it? It is very true. No. <laughs> well, not... you know, it's the same thing I struggled with, like Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. I mean, Charles Lindbergh is known for being an American hero. But in World War II, he is also a fucking Nazi and trade was a traitor. So interesting, you bring up war politics because Bob Hope also, by the time he was in the Vietnam era, wasn't a very popular dude. And in fact, the the press the press devoured him, according to the doc, which I, I never really thought about. But yeah, like his form of humor and like his support of Nixon in general, like didn't do him any favors. Like within the seventies. So, but like, as I, as I thought in my head, like he was so used to entertaining the troops for so many years that it was more about the troops for him than it was about politics. So, and then, and he gets kind of caught in a crossfire, a political crossfire as a result. So it's, it's a, it's a weird gray area, mm. but so if you know nothing about Bob Hope, it's two hours, you could check it out. <laughs> the reason I would say that Ryan won't watch it is because Woody Allen is ex- interviewed extensively in that movie. So. Hmm, so two um, assholes and camera at the same time. Geez, it's I will I will say it's a lot of things he's saying where I'm just like, dude, like I don't I really do not value your opinion right now. Um, but it's still well directed, so um, I, I maybe check it out. Um, I'm just over here 
uh, imagining because you said flanderizer instead of philanderer. Phil- philanderer. So I'm just like Bob Hope running around <laughs> saying like, ugly dogly. <laughs> I'm going to cheat on my wife today. Ugly <laughs> dogly. <laughs> Complete opposite. I'm going to diddle ear. <laughs> philanderizer. Yeah. I've been up since 5 a.m. Guys, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I got the Marx Brothers collection on Blu-ray, um, so I was able to keep that out. And what kind of stinks is that it's, uh, I mean, it's only the par- the ones that Universal owns. So it's uh, Coconuts, Animal Crackers, Monkey Business. Animal Crackers is really good. It is good. Um, duck Soup and uh, Horse Feathers. Horse Feathers is my favorite just because it's... Is Duck Soup their most popular one? I think it is, like, just by, like, film geeks and whatnot, because it's the one that has the most semblance of a plot. <laughs> like, every... If you watch those early ones, they don't really have a plot. It's just an excuse for them to do their vaudeville routines, which is fine because they're fucking funny. Um, Real nerds should do a movie called Dick Soup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. There's so many dicks in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, like what was more fascinating than anything else besides rewatching movies I'd watched before is that the Animal Cracker specifically is a newly restored version with footage that had never been released before. So... Um, that they pulled out of a British uh, print. So um, there's extra dialogue in the Captain Spaulding song, and um, and the, the print looks amazing. Like especially like after we recalibrated my TV, <laughs> um, so uh, or got the pi- full pixel thing going. Mm. So um, so it's good, and it's only twenty one bucks on Amazon right now. So if you're if you're interested in some good films on Blu-ray, I'd I'd check those out. Um, I watched A Slight Case of Murder, which is a Edward G. Robinson film that I hadn't seen in a while because I was trying to watch some gangster films and ended up going a different direction. But Slight Case of Murder is is a satire of uh, Prohibition where a guy who was big during Prohibition because he got everybody beer that didn't taste great um, has to deal with the fact that Prohibition is over, and so he decides to go legitimate. And as the years pass, he, he ends up in bankruptcy or like having to – come up with $400,000 to save his business because he doesn't realize his beer tastes like shit um, and no one around him will tell him. And at the same time, he's trying to hold a swanky party in uh, upstate New York and trying to avoid uh, dealing with his future son-in-law cop. So it's it's wackiness, and Edward G. Robinson is actually funny in it. Like it's And it's a lean 80 minutes, so you're not like sitting there wondering like when it's going to end. So... You know, if you're if you're in the mood for a brisk watch, you can go ahead and check that out. Um, and uh, really, the only other thing that I saw this week was downsizing on New Year's Eve um, with Matt Damon, directed by Alexander Payne. Um, that trailer sucks because it doesn't sell what that movie is. Yeah, it's one of my least favorite trailers of the year. Yeah, here's the thing though: like the movie that it is, isn't a perfect movie. Um, so if anybody doesn't know what downsizing is, it's Matt Damon gets small and uh er or smaller. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I like Matt Damon a lot. Uh Matt Damon gets smaller um and lives in a small community because it's the future where we've learned how to shrink humans down. The 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 catch is, is that once you shrunk, you can't uh be unshrunk. Like you you can't go back to normal size, so you, it's a permanent effect. Um and it's basically a human drama with bigger than life set pieces and uh uh production design um to satisfy the sci-fi narrative and it also is a film about how uh the world is about to die and how we 
suck for treating immigrants poorly. Um, the the standout of the film is a, a Vietnamese woman named Hong Chow who plays a Vietnamese. <laughs> Oh. Viet- Viet- it's I, a real name. Yeah, it is her name. <laughs> I like your opera. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Um, she plays a Vietnamese immigrant who's who uh, her government because she was a protester. They forced her to be shrunken, and then they shipped her and a bunch of other dissenters in a TV box that was poked with holes, and she's the only one that survived. And then she, and as a result, she loses a leg and has to clean up. Uh, people's houses in the ritzy community of the small uh, town um, and she meets Matt Damon through that whole scenario and then it becomes a quest to find out like why the earth is dying um, it's 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 a lot of ideas and not every one of them works um, again it's very long so it sucks that not every idea can be executed properly with all that time you're given um, but it's funny um, it's I don't think it's I, I think it's worth a rental. I don't know if it's worth a big screen watch, although that production design's amazing. Like it's very good looking. I don't know. The I wasn't interested when I saw the trailers. I mean if it was the only movie uh it was our movie of the week I'd see it, but yeah. because I don't have to, I don't want to. Is yeah. it is it better production is it better production design than Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Because that's pretty good. I, I, I if is with, there a giant ant in it? No, but it, do they uh, sleep in Lego? It, it's it's hard to. Well, I don't want to give away the one giant thing that's in there, but it, it's pretty cool. But there's like there there's just a lot of like unique things they do with it without using too much CGI, um, because I that could be the easiest route to go down. Um, the plus note though, this is my one of my new favorite Christoph Waltz performances because he doesn't play a bad guy. And he doesn't play like an avenging hero. He's a laid back Serbian playboy. <laughs> and You're gonna be shrunk down. <laughs> he's just like we're we're going to party all night, Mr. Damon. We're going to party all night every night. I'm a Serbian. Even though I'm actually Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> uh and Udo Kier's in it and he plays his brother and it's really fun. So um but yeah, like I don't know, like if you're it's not the slapstick comedy they're selling it, but I don't know if the film you're going to get is any better. So hmm. uh, it's probably my least favorite Alexander Payne film by by far. So um, anyway, that's all I watched this week. Brett? Uh, so actually a couple weeks ago I watched a, a new Van Damme movie called Kill Em All. Hmm. Um, and I joked around that, that the trailer is just him fighting his way out of a hospital. And the movie is him fighting his way out of a hospital. <laughs> is it an hour and a half of it? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, it, it's bookended by... Uh, so Pierre Stormare is this like FBI agent. Uh, and he's interviewing this uh, uh, nurse at the hospital about... Because she was a hostage in the situation that he was fighting out from. And so they think he's like this international assassin. But she's trying to explain like, no, he's, you know, he's a hero. He saved my life. And this is like, you know chronologically like this is what happened uh so they're trying to throughout the movie they're trying to set up like you know is he this international criminal or is he actually like this good guy trying to save people um but uh it, yeah and then it, it's 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 just that back and forth mm-hmm. for like an hour and a half until like, there's a twist at the end um so it's just a big revenge story um with van damme yeah, fighting all these like you know stunt guys in a hospital nice so is any good yeah See, to me, like Van Damme fighting for a long time sounds like fun. I mean, he doesn't fight enough. Mm. Um, like, yeah, that all takes place over the hour and a half, but like most of it's the 
the nurse recounting her story to these FBI agents who don't believe her in, you know, all the cliche ways, you know. Um, and then, yeah, the the movie thinks it's so clever with, with its twist at the end when you're like, mm. well, I don't care what happened at yeah. that point. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Van Damme's good in it. Like, he's... Like, I don't want to say, like, everyone else isn't taking the movie seriously, but he's the one who feels like he's the most serious actor in the movie. Um, and then, like, like Pierre Stormare's character seems very, like, heightened, like, he might be in a comedy. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. And then I also watched Middleman uh, with Jim O'Hare. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it feels like a like an indie movie that's a, a satire, like, that's... So it doesn't need to be on a top ten list. <laughs> it's making a co- like a point about the state of comedy. <laughs> I tried to do the the Groucho Marx eyebrow roll. I can't do it, but it's like trying to make a, it's trying to make a commentary on like I, I think uh, the state of like comedy across history. Um, how comedy used to be very proper and like jokes were invented. Like more constructed, more constructed. Whereas now, comedy's devolved into like dick jokes and like subversive humor and Big extreme triumphant veiny ones. Yeah, like people people back then tried, and now they're like just settling for like whatever's funny. Um, that's what I got out of it, and I I actually see that out of it, and I watched it when it first popped up on Netflix earlier last year or later last year. But I agree with you in that sense. Like I think what I appreciated about it to get it on that list is that it is, it feels a lot more confident than it could have felt because at the end of the day, like it's, it's not a, it's not necessarily an interesting subject to anyone unless you're like an an utter dork. Yeah. And that's why the framework around that is this, uh, like middle management guy who, um, his mom dies and he inherits a bunch of money and, uh, her assets. He takes the car and like his big life goal is to be a, like a comedian, uh, in Vegas. And he like he loves uh, like George Burns and who else? Jack Benny and Jack. Yeah, so he like he has tapes of all their comedy, and so he like heads to Vegas. And along the way, like and he, like he's a very um, like repressed guy. Mm-hmm. Um, like his, his worldview is very small, and his uh, view of comedy is very like limited to like old time comedy. Um, and then he picks up a hitchhiker who basically is the devil, and he sells his soul to the devil to become like his whole goal is to become a famous comedian not just comedian so he gets to be famous and but he loses a ton of a like he gets his whole like life upended in the process through a bunch of murder series of murders and stuff that he becomes an accomplice to and um which then ends up becoming part of his act yeah like the murders his act is funnier because he's you know he's just saying like he's just confessing in front of everybody like I just murdered this guy and that like that's the commentary on like the humor is like oh dark comedy is so uh popular these days that you could tell someone that you're confessing a murder and people just think you're you know you're joking around even yeah. though he's got like this bloodstained shirt and everything and like the, this cop pulls him over and um the cop just exists by quoting movie references like taxi driver and it's like all his lines of dialogues are just you know movie quotes at some point the film becomes less grounded in reality which yeah by the time you get to the end you're you're pretty convinced that this is some kind of form of hell like that he's living in yeah um, which is interesting like at one point the hitchhiker he picks up like he kills that one woman 
And then he, uh, he says, uh, like, well, she was mouthing off to the afterlife, him. So I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the devil. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is all in his head. So yeah. spoiler alert. Halfway uh, through. Never watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I like it. I mean, the acting's good from Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, and the guy who plays his... Um, Eugene from The Walking Dead is, like, the shitty comedian, like, the great shitty comedi- sh- uh, comedian at the at their truck stop. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he he he's just a cliche, like... Shitbag. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, I appreciate that its confidence level is above and beyond what that film could have been in different hands. So, um, uh, is it the best film ever? No, but I didn't say it. Yeah, was no, no, no. no, Or or cues of trying to be. I just yeah. As as far as an entertaining watch, I was like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) not that either. Yeah, I like the imagery at the very end too. Like just like the way he's like sitting in that chair and whatnot. It's just from a photography standpoint, I thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, yeah, cool. Um, And then I also watched uh, the toys that made us. I watched the He Man episode. Just that one. Yep. So you jumped ahead of the other two? <laughs> well, because I was when I was growing up, I really liked the He Man. I remember I had this skunk guy, and uh, so I just watched that one because we're the first two Star Wars and Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. Yeah, yeah I'm good with it. Nope. Uh, Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even the Barbie one, I was it's, fascinated. It's by interesting. It, like, I mean, like you said, like some of the stuff they thought up for those dolls was just like what? <laughs> yeah. The, What's the so you, so you saw the t- you saw the one I was talking about where she goes through puberty. <laughs> well, I watched all four yeah, of them, but yeah. um, what's what was the fourth one though? I can't. Oh, GI Joe. GI Joe, yeah. Uh, but they there's supposed to be eight of them. I I hope that one of those eight is the turtle line because that was a huge. And I'm sure Transformers Actually, probably I, another I one. I thought of you today uh, when I was at Toys R Us. They have the Technodrome like Mega Block. Yeah. And it's amazing. I know. Um, the expensive as well. Yeah, it's like is it still like 150 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. They are doing Transformers for that show cuz they showed a picture of them interviewing Michael Bay and they said like see him in our Transformers episode. I'm like, "Oh, cool. Maybe we'll get an explanation out of him." <laughs> uh, I doubt it, but I'm trying to think of what other big toy lines would be like the other episodes. No. Maybe Lego? Would Maybe. they do Lego one? Connects. <laughs> No, I think I think the I mean the He Man one was told a really fun way. Like, I think it like visually it's really cool. Um, yeah, Beanie babies. Like like I grew up with He Man, but I didn't. You know, mm, yeah. Um, it wasn't one of the like. I I mean, really, none of those four was like I was. I grew up a Turtles and Batman guy, so but it's still fascinating. Like it's fascinating to hear how those things came to be because you just assume. Like I think I I don't know if I said it last week, but it's it just seems like. All these people you trust, like know what they're doing. They're just making up as they go. Oh yeah, they have no idea. <laughs> well, like, those kids in... aren't going to read the origin comic book, but we also have an animated series. Yeah, that one guy, He Man, he just is like, oh, we didn't tell you about the two one-hour cartoon specials. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just give him a giant tiger. Who, who cares? This is like the version of just like pick my brain here. <laughs> yeah. Um, the so. Star Wars one, I like how they're just like, oh yeah, how are we going to market Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's sad. Like, just assuming that the like the line's gonna do well because the movie's supposed to be great. I also like the idea that George Lucas has like a a bodyguard, <laughs> like a a bodybuilder bodyguard. Yeah, and I was strong on lawyers. <laughs> I always thought from day one that he like got those toy rights, but it wasn't until the Phantom Menace that he got the like the really good piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just the toy. Like he probably had merchandise, like really good deals, and all the other merchandise. Yeah, yeah. But the toy one, he probably got stiffed on until Phantom Menace. Anyway, that's what I watched. Um, so I got to go back a few because I haven't been here. Well, two weeks of not telling what I've been watching, but uh, I'll just highlight a few. Uh, I watched a movie called Laura, which is a really great film noir about this woman who is murdered. And, um, a detective who is, who's investigating it and the people that love her and the detective becomes enamored with her portrait above the fireplace and he starts hanging out at her apartment and he becomes really obsessed with solving her murder. Um, I don't want to spoil what happens in the movie. Uh, I mean, even though the twist is about halfway through, but, um, it's still a really great one. Vincent Price is in it and he plays like a young debonair guy. Um, uh, Gene Tierney as Laura she's beautiful. That's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And the Blu-ray has a um, A&E biography about her. And it's pretty sad. Hmm. She suffered from uh, depression and um, a lot of mental um, problems. Did you, what, who, what company put out the Blu-ray for uh, 20th Century. Really? So is, is it, it's not one of their archives, is it? Is... No, it's called their uh, Signature Classics line. Ooh. Um, I, I just because of the movies I buy on Amazon, I get recommendations every once in a while. I had never even heard of it. Yeah, and I've, I've heard of Laura. I haven't seen it, but like it's one of Vincent Price's. It's uh, how do I describe it? It's a role that he did before House of Wax, so he wasn't pigeonholed in the horror role yet. Mm-hmm. Um, He's great in it. Yeah, it's, it's from what I've heard and seen. Like I've seen clips from it on. Vincent Price biographies. Mm. So. so yeah, so I don't want to spoil because the the twist is pretty interesting, um, and it's it's a really and it's shot really well. Uh, watching another documentary on it, I guess uh, a lot. Of, if you know if you've watched enough film noir, you've seen some of it before, mm. but this was like the first one that really um, took that genre and with because sometimes you you know it doesn't make much sense. I mean, what is the Maltese uh, Falcon? Yeah, you know it's. Um, but the movies are great, but sometimes the, their plot devices are a little unusual. Kiss me deadly. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's really great. Um, I also watched, uh, hell night, which is an old <laughs> Linda Blair slasher film Scream factory <laughs> that finally put out a uh, Scream factory finally put it out. It's, I haven't seen it in years and it's really slow moving. Um, and I think only like five people get murdered in it. And it's an hour and 42 minutes, and that's really long for a slasher movie. Oh, yeah. Tra- um, Terror Train's not even that long. I no, think. I think Terror Train's 84 minutes. Um, so it, it's fun, and it's it's just a fun movie. It's not like the acting's really bad in it. Um, the characters are even dumber than characters in Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> but if you're looking for like a fun slasher movie, it's one of those movies that's pretty fun to watch with friends. Like watching it by yourself and just sitting there watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they do have a great interview with Linda Blair. It's like 40 minutes long um, where she talks about that, kind of her uh, career. Uh, so it's fun. Um, what else did I watch? Fuck. Did it have anything else on it, like in terms of like commentary? Oh, yeah. There's else? a commentary by the director. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I think there's um, five or six interviews. It's it's pretty, it's like four hours of features. Hell, Hell Night's a film I've never seen before, but it's one that like I've seen photos stills from where I'm like, I want to see that. Someday. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess to pick up back, I watched uh, The Dark Knight in 4K. Um, and yeah, so when you take film elements and watch them, and it's been up, it's amazing. Uh, 
I didn't bring it, buddy. Um, so there's like little things that, uh, so the film already is shot really well. So when you put the IMAX stuff in it, uh, when Batman's like, Kellen, it's dead. Um, so when you put the IMAX stuff on it, it like the depth is so much farther. Um, like the details you can actually see on Batman's costume when the camera's panning around, uh, on the Joker, you can see all the different colors of the face paint on his hands and his stitching in his like, uh, in his costume and it looks great. Uh, even the uh, Harvey Dent's like CGI looks really great. Um, you can see more like muscle tissue and uh, so it looks great. And the movie is already great. So just seeing it with more clarity and more color um, really enhances the experience and, and the sound because it's back to the 7.1 and it's so on 4Ks it only has the movie and the sound. So everything's amped up, and so that's great. Um, so yeah, if you w- get the Dark Knight, it's worth the upgrade. Um, and, and the last thing I watch is I watch Dunkirk finally, uh, and it's it's a really good movie. It um, I love that it doesn't really have a narrative to it. It's kind of um, just like a driving force constantly. With with the soundtrack is that pretty much throughout the whole film. Um, and stopwatch. I mean, it's, it's just a constant state of dread. Yeah, and there's yeah, because there's like, oh well, here's you know Mark Rylance and them going across, and here's the fighting guys and uh, pilots, and that's they're fighting the Germans. One Direction guy. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, I didn't even I don't even know who that is. My sister told me that, and I was like, really? <laughs> Did she? Did you pick up on the? <laughs> oh yeah, I see what you're insinuating, Ryan. It's true. I do love. One direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you pick up on the time stuff? The like, what? The time like differences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know the movie shot really well. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, it's really cool too because just like uh, like the Dark Knight uh, 4K and just like the Blu-ray too, it changes uh, aspect ratio when it goes to IMAX and. Um, and not being IMAX. And what's cool is uh, so much of Dunkirk is shot in IMAX. So the the plane fights are amazing. And it, so it rarely changes the format uh, in between um, during the film? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, it's it's only noticeable if you know it's happening. Because the, the black lines eventually go away. Right. So it looks really impressive when the 4K is, like, blown up to your whole screen. You're like, ah, oh, this is awesome. And stuff with... When Bane had, you know, the mask over him, you can see like writing on it. And yeah. okay, buddy. When when Tom Hardy, yes, not Bane. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to take down the Nazis. <laughs> yes. Hey Tom, do you want to be in my my war movie? Like I don't know. You get to wear a mask. <laughs> I'll do Why it. Why do I start shooting, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll watch them burn. <laughs> So yeah, when the you Germans know, are in ashes. I know some people were saying too. I know just going back to the Dark Knight that like his uh, Batman voice hasn't aged well. I never like it never bothered me. Uh, if you think about it, like he has to disguise his voice without yeah. like a like a computer modulator. Like you'd have to yeah scream your throat out in order to like hide your voice. I mean, you're, yeah. you're one of the most famous people in the world. You can't just like slightly change it yeah so i i don't know never bothered me he's also trying to like terrorize people yeah you're not gonna do that baby and like yeah yeah don't steal but you know i i too i just i (laughs) love i love harvey dent's arc in that movie i think it's so awesome yeah 
Um, I like met Batman. <laughs> and I mean, how shocking is it for them to kill Rachel Dawes? I still, that's still a pretty shocking moment to me. I remember when we watched it, like for the first time at the theater, we, when that happened, we all gasped. We were like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I loved it. It was like a different place. Yeah. Like, swap, like, like, yeah. But yeah, she's not like a canon character, so <laughs> it's easy to kill her. Yeah. yeah. Like, Rachel. <laughs> she, she wasn't in the comics, so we can get rid of her. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker's amazing. Uh, yeah, and that's what I watched this week. So, yeah, see Dunkirk in 4K if you can. I don't know what's wrong with my kid right now. Um, really attached to those cell phones. <laughs> this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw I, Tanya. Um, and the reason I said I didn't go see Insidious is um, I'll start it off is because I thought uh, I, Tanya was so great that it deserved its own like um, show. Uh, so, yeah, I should go see this movie. It's a really interesting way of telling a biography. Um, I guess it doesn't really, I guess it kind of tells her whole biography. Um, it's more of, yeah, I guess it does. It's, it's, it's unconventional. We should also point out that it's not like an actual biography. Yeah. It, it's, it's based on different, uh, sources mixed together. Yeah. So. so Margot Robbie's great. They try to make her ugly and she can only be so ugly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They, there's only so much you can do before you're like, ah, I give up. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, she's got the braces on, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Zach, so should I, should people go see I Tanya? Yeah, absolutely. It was wonderful. Um, if it weren't for the fact that we didn't get to see it before film explosion, I could have seen this going on the list easily. Um, it's really good. Seb- St- Sebastian Stan's actually really good in the movie too. Like. Roby's great and, and Janie's great, but okay. I was surprised at Sebastian Stan's turn as Jeff Galuli, so I would definitely uh, go ahead and uh, check it out. And based on our crowd that Brad and I saw it in, it's going to do some pretty good business. So, Brad? I mean, if you listened to the show last week, it was one of my top 10 of <laughs> last year, so obviously, yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Like it's, I said before, it's, it's a creative presentation. That quote from the trailer, it's the Goodfellas of. Um, it has the same like stylistic choices that um, Scorsese made, and uh, to great effect. And you know that's a, a cultural event that like I sort of paid attention to growing up. Um, so it was like way oversaturated at the time, and uh, uh, you know I thought watching this I'd be like, oh god, more of this. And no, this it's a really fun way to uh, make this palatable. Yeah. Um, so definitely go see it. Here's a trailer for Itania. The haters always say, Tanya, tell the truth. There's no such thing as truth. Everyone has their own truth. I was the best figure skater in the world at one point in time. Call out a clean skate for Christ's sake. Do not swear in front of the kids. I didn't swear, you cunt. You two fuck yet? (laughs) You need to see a wholesome American family. I don't have a wholesome American family. You skated like a graceless bull dyke. I was embarrassed for you. My entire life, I've been told I wouldn't amount to anything. You know what? Maybe I would. How do I get a fair 
fair shot here. We also judge on presentation. Suck my dick. We're gonna need to even the playing field. I know a guy, shouldn't even be saying his name. Derek. The press wanted me to be the pile of crap. I never did this. What is going on? We're with the FBI. They know something. What can you tell us about Tanya Harding? I don't know a Tony Harding. <laughs> Aren't you her bodyguard? was a kid did you ever love me i made you a champion knowing you'd hate me for it that's the sacrifice a mother makes he cursed me america they want someone to love but they want someone to hate i mean come on what kind of friggin person bashes in their friend's knee who would do that to a friend that you know the the soundtrack is great too it, it really keeps the movie going uh it, it keeps the movie going and it's all pretty fun songs uh and it's told a really fun way even they give that disclaimer at the beginning and it's like this is a totally true story uh, I forget exactly what it says, but it's like told from from ridiculously contradicting yeah ridiculously stories. contradicting sources or yeah. Um, but what was really fascinating about this movie is they didn't play. Uh, she didn't play Tanya Harding as like this victim. She, you know, if you remember throughout the whole film, she says, "But that wasn't my fault." You know, and you never really know how much of it is her fault, and you also don't know how much she really did play a part in you know the Nancy Kerrigan thing. They set it up that she was kind of just around and she didn't know what she was agreeing to. Um, but her life is, geez, you know, it's uh, her mom beating her. And, and Allison Janney is great as like the horrible mom. Um, you know, the, you get the first taste of her when she's like at the rink. <coughs> and they said, uh, Lavana, can you please not cuss around the children? And she's like, I'll see where the fuck I want you, little fucking cunt. You're like, whoa. <laughs> There's no smoking on the rink. Oh, okay. I'll smoke quietly. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and in, in addition to the way they portray Tanya, like the story itself, what I appreciated is that it wasn't about the media circus that the film or that the situation became at that point. Like it actually focuses on her as a person and to an extent Jeff as a person and I mean, it doesn't really examine the mom, but like, it'd be so easy to like. My story's disappearing. I can see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it, it'd be easy to like examine more of Bobby Cannavale's character from Hard Copy, um, and their perspective on the events. But yeah, it's, it's not important. It's not important. It's. I mean, it's there, and you know, there's that really heartbreaking scene where she's getting all the you know the press is around her, and her mom comes in, and she says, "You know, I'm proud of you," and I'm. You know, whatever. And she says to her and she said, so did you did you know about the attack? And then she realized her mom was like bought or paid off. And it's sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because there's that part, too, where um, she's getting smashed against the wall and into the mirror. And she's telling the audience like this is happening. And ev 
every time she leaves him and comes back, the next scene is always her putting on makeup to cover up, you know, bruises and things like that. And even when she's going to the, uh, it's really subtle, but when she goes to apologize, if when she's putting on a clothes, you can see like hand bruises all over her, and um, it's it's very detailed in the it's very detailed in that account, and then just. The camera, the camera is beautiful in this film. Like it's, it's an unsung actor in its own right because it's, it's moving at the pace it needs to move. There are times when it feels very Scorsese uh, throughout this entire film, the way the camera's moving. And there was, I, there was one point where I was like, kind of like, okay, enough of this. But then it stopped, and then when it picked back up again, it made sense. And it was the point when. I think it's the first time he left her, she left him mm-hmm. and it goes out the door and he's slumped up against the wall and then it goes out and down the road where I was like, oh, that's just like taking it too far. But then like as you think about it, like the way it's moving makes sense because that that whole event between when the when the break of the knee happens to those Olympics is a very short period of time in comparison to say the, the OJ trial, which they allude to. Mm-hmm at the end of this film as like this the media circus will not stop like Tanya Harding's a prelude to OJ like it's it's a sampler of the the media the how big the media circus can get um which i mean like still exists in a form today but never in the same way that it did 20 25 years ago so um yeah it's and the story's told in such a clever way it's and it's also heartbreaking because she keeps on going back to him and you don't understand why and i think that's why i like the movie so much is because she made choices for a character you didn't want her to make and she made them anyways Mm -hmm. and you realize she's not a character she's a real person Mm -hmm. making these things and when people are in abusive relationships it's it's sad and yeah and sebastian's uh, you know stan is great in it and he's like i never hit her you know, she, that that's a lie. And then he has that moment at the end. He said, and, but, you know, I ruined her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As an artist, like, her, that sentence is, like, so, like, this, the sentence she gets for, you know, the movie portrays her as, like, yeah, she was around, but she didn't understand, like, what was going on. But, uh, like, her whole life is skating. And, you know, like, I would, I would take... I would argue this like the same deal. Like, yeah, I'll go to jail. Like, I don't like not be able to like make movies anymore. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> Why? Because you broke right. Mac La- Max Landis's kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it, I didn't. I, I, I Bradley. I, I was just around when Zach, you know, did it. So is it? And is she a victim of? <laughs> Are you calling me Sean? <laughs> yep. Of being a a bad person, or is she a victim of her circumstances? I don't know. Well, you know, because I think there's a little bit to it, but when you're that growing up that abusive i mean how do you even yeah, function as a normal person she definitely continually invited like ill will into her life like she had three or four outs um she kept like falling back into the same trap so yeah. it is her fault yeah um but yeah like she didn't but does she know any better though too you know it's it's hard because we're, we're lucky that we i mean hope we don't have that situation but you know when you're constantly mentally and physically abused you might think that's normal and I think she even has a, a, I think she even has a line where she said, "My dad hit my mom, so what did I know?" Yeah, we were talking last night about uh, the whole. You know, they point out that Nancy Kerrigan, like, there's a part where this, she's like, "Oh, Nancy and I were friends," um, and they show them hanging out and like eating pizza in the hotel room. Um, but like Zach said, with the documentary you saw, you know, 
you know, t- to her, Nancy's like a best friend because she's not someone who abuses her. Uh, she's just around and doesn't treat her like shit. So to her, but I'm sure to Nancy, it's just like, oh, it's a work acquaintance and we're just hanging out. Yeah. And like, and again, like the thing I appreciate the most about this film is that even though having watched the documentary, I'm a more aware of all points of view. The way they the way they take this film in the direction that it needs to go because the the interviews with everyone between Tanya Jeff and Sean all footage from that from that event are absolutely bizarre. You can't believe the things that are coming out of Sean's mouth, obviously, because Sean's fucking nuts. Um, but then you can't believe how Jeff's fooling everyone with his like timid facade, and then to hear. Like, would we know better? Yeah. But, like, if... I mean, it's just... It's interesting how they were able to take the basics of this and turn it into something that's entertaining if if not in a demented way. Well, yeah. it's, it's a dark comedy. It's not, like, a laugh-out-loud comedy. It's 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 a black comedy about, about abuse. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Sean is such an idiot, you know, because oh, they're at the, the rink and she's ready to go. Was it, like, Nationals? And then she had the death threat. And he's like, I called in the death threat. So those guys just ruined her career, ruined her life. Like her mom, like her mom may have like forced her to be a great skater, but they all play part in making her not being able to skate anymore. And it's sad, mm-hmm. but she's also, she's not a good person. So it's not like you feel that. I don't know. It's a weird, would she be a good person if she wasn't abused? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll never know that answer. Because and you'd think she's like old now. I think she's only like forty six, forty seven now. She's remarried and has a seven year old son. So yeah, I can't believe she still lives with like. I know. Card at the end says she lives nearby Jeff. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're not in like contact or anything. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just a it's a really interesting story, and it's really it's told really cleverly. Um, And you're right. You know, you you don't. I don't think you're supposed to like her. You know, you're supposed to admire her. skating ability but as a person i don't think you're supposed to like her it's, I don't a, know. it's, a, it's an interesting line to walk on in that regard because definitely sympathize with her yeah exactly yeah. it's just but like no like i mean am i gonna like you know want a t-shirt of her maybe not but yeah there's another subtle thing that margot robbie does in one of the interviews uh clips um where she kind of like all like slightly breaks down when she, she's talking about how she does the triple axel and then it just kind of pauses. And she's like, you know, excuse me, like, uh, no one ever asked me about this part anymore. Yeah. And, no, that's yeah. a great moment. Yeah. Too. yeah. And her skating to ZC Top was awesome. Like, there are light moments to this film too. It's not. Yeah. It's not all just hitting Margot Robbie. It's, it's, you know, it's it's it's. I was telling Brad like I loved how it captured the '90s really well, in a way that like. The, the the people versus OJ Simpson miniseries did not, which it had all the ability to, did not. Like I Tanya because it's shot on film, just because of the way they're lighting shots and everything feels very much of the period with the exception of a few moments, like a few key shots. Um like when uh Derek gets uh apprehended at the uh uh at yeah, those guys are in. idiots. Yeah. <laughs> When he gets apprehended, like there's a shot of the you see the police lights in the background and it's out of focus, but it's and it's to that song that he's been listening to each time. Gloria, Gloria, yeah, and uh, it it's just a beautiful shot, and then it cuts back to something that feels similar to the '90s and that great line about like if you're gonna go if you're gonna pull out a hit, don't put it on Visa or something <laughs> yeah. like that. That might be like 
moved his car every 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, in a completely in, different in camera. city. Yeah, <laughs> but he's always in frame. <laughs> in a d- different city, even. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> to uh, not raise suspicion. Yeah. <laughs> also, and I had to point it out to Brad, but Bobby Cannavale um, from Boardwalk Empire and Jumanji um, is his uh, plays a hard copy editor, uh, which hard copy was a show back then, um, but. He's a lot tanner than he should be, and I think that's part of the joke, but it also feels weird. <laughs> I don't know. Like, am I, too, am I buying too much into no, this? No, I think he's supposed to be a skeezy producer, and that's why he looks like he that. He just looks... Because he also had his hair slicked back and everything. It's, it's just like... I was just like, I didn't know Bobby Cavanaugh was that tan. See, I used to watch A Current Affair with Marino Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, just an observation. Um, and Jandy's good. I if If anyone... If we get any recognition out of, for this film, like come award season, I hope at least she gets the. the I, know, I think Margot Robbie will. I, 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 I mean, hope her, so. her performance is pretty great, and it's actually picking up steam in the guild stuff. So maybe we'll see some momentum there. But she deserves Sebastian it. Sebastian Stan also like God damn it, like he disappeared. Like he ain't no Winter Soldier of mine. He's just a mustachioed freak in that movie. He, he fucking rocks. Yeah, well, even the guy who plays Sean is pretty great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which I've, I've tried to look something up he's been in, and I can't find anything. He must be a newcomer. So. Always four steps ahead. <laughs> yeah. Or when he, they're driving. Actually, that's a really funny moment when she, he's like, she's not going to get the last word. And it's like a montage of him being like, I'm a counterterrorist expert and blah, blah. And then he just walks in. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> Sean, we look up all those things, and you're not. <laughs> but I am. But I am. <laughs> but you're, you're not. But I am. <laughs> yeah. Sure, my mom taped over my favorite episode of Star Trek to 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 uh, record the CNN footage, but I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. It's fun. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next week, are we seeing the post? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think it opens next, next week. Yeah, I think it was nationwide next week. Cool. 2017 never ends for us guys. It just keeps going and going. Is that a 2017 <laughs> film? Yeah, because it came out last year. Or yeah, in, it opened uh, up in like four theaters. Just to qualify. To qualify for awards. Why mm. don't they just open it nationwide? It's uh, Spielberg. I can't. I don't know. Maybe the BFG did such terrible numbers that they're like, oh, no. we got to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. If someone, if someone knows, please tell us why. Well, I mean, I guess they're just Otherwise, trying to get more, make more money would be my only guess. So until next week, bye. Bye? Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.